Welcome to Bible Banter with Barb and Jarrett, a Lenten podcast for 2020 from the Episcopal Church of St. Martin in the Fields in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Today's podcast is for the second Sunday in Lent, Year A, focusing on the Gospel reading, John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Listen in. Hello and welcome to Bible Banter with Barb and Jarrett for the second week of Lent. I'm Jarrett Kerbel. And I'm Barb Ballinger. And we welcome you to a chance to explore scripture with us. We love reading the Bible and talking about it. There's always something that blesses us, some grace that helps us move in our spiritual life. Today we are working with the Gospel of John, chapter 3. Verses 1 through 17. We're going to begin by reading it. Barb's going to go first. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Well, here we have the story of Nicodemus. Our goal is to identify with him in our conversation. He is the seeker after truth, the seeker after the Messiah, who is both eager and curious, anxious. And scared to death. Scared to death. Overwhelmed. (laughs) Comes under the dark Uh, cover of night. (laughs) Yes. In a good John 9 fashion, in the Gospel of John, he comes at night. He's hiding himself as a believer from his peers, although there's other people in the room, it seems. So he is, in some public sense, coming to Jesus. But Jesus overwhelms him, doesn't he, Barb? Yeah. I, You know, what I love about this is that uh, 
you know, Nicodemus asks one question, sort of out of all the categories he uses, as a Pharisee, as a leader. He is, uh, he's, he's wanting to have one conversation with Jesus, and Jesus is having an entirely different conversation, and it completely rocks Nicodemus's world. He, you know, Nicodemus says, I get that you're a teacher, I get that you're a rabbi, and Jesus is starting to talk about something entirely different. It seems like Jesus is not only addressing Nicodemus, the room is crowded with the people that Jesus is talking to here. And I guess a challenge for us is maybe who are we recognizing ourselves as in this story? Yeah, for me, I think I can see myself in Nicodemus in the mix of kind of eager seeking and reluctance. Mm. And it helps me because I do want what Jesus offers and I don't want it because I have so many attachments in this life. I'm not sure. Do I really want to be fully reborn? Do I want to go through this process of death and rebirth? It's very challenging. And of course, Jesus is saying this at the beginning of the gospel, and he's putting things out there that are impossible to fully understand until you walk the full journey with him from the cross to the cross and the resurrection. So Nicodemus is just flooded, overwhelmed. Um, this is more than I ever imagined in both a challenging sense and a very promising sense. Yeah, and some of the other people that are the audience for Jesus's comments here, in addition to Nicodemus, is that Jesus is also addressing everybody who the kingdom of God is for. So not just those who have inherited it, not just the people of Israel, Jesus's own people, but all of those who are going to recognize Jesus as something that they long for, as the God that is drawing them. So everybody else is in the room. And the other folks in the room are those on the other side of the resurrection who are trying to ponder this whole mystery, even knowing that Jesus' story is one of death and resurrection and invitation. So that each one of those groups can be equally confused by Jesus in this story because it's a really challenging offer that he makes because it's going to involve leaving behind a whole old way of being and entering a new one that's still mystery to all of us. Absolutely. And there's a really interesting sentence here. Um, and just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So Jesus is giving his community some ways to understand his crucifixion. And he goes back to this obscure story about Moses and the serpent, <laughs> where Moses practices this form of sympathetic magic, where if you lift up a snake, it drives the snakes away. So he lifts up a snake and the snakes that are plaguing Israel go away. So Jesus is saying that his death on the cross is lifting up everything that torments Israel and humanity. And by lifting it up, by seeing it, recognizing it, naming it, that power will drive away the forces of evil that separate us from God, that torment us. And it's this powerful metaphor that is good to sit with and think about. Jesus is the medicine of the world. The cross mm. is the medicine of the world mm. that forces all the evil that afflicts us away from us 
by showing us the full consequences of it on the cross. Actually, the medical symbol, the symbol for the medical profession. Caduceus. The caduceus, thank you, Barb, (laughs) is an example. It is the snakes twisting around uh, a symbol. And that is meant to reference this passage that medicine, the cure, comes from this incredible way of noticing what is causing the wrong Mm. and curing it. The cross is the medicine of the world. Mm. I love too that Jesus is speaking in the language of Israel, the stories that people are walking around with. And so Israel knows that this healing that comes from God is something they participate in. So it requires their assent, their belief. It requires their yes. Mm. So it's it's not... uh, Uh, something that automatically happens because God makes it happen. It happens because Israel believes. Israel receives the healing. Israel's dying like crazy at this moment. And they could, in in the story of Moses, they could give up on God. They choose to believe in this really confusing symbol. And they're healed. So it's this, um, as we see in the... Our next verse, John three sixteen, uh, about belief. Put on your rainbow wigs, everybody, because <laughs> We're this at the one game. is in there. Yeah. But what does it mean to believe? It's participation in what God is offering us. Exactly. We are invited into this story to take it on as our own. And what's incredible here is Jesus is putting the whole gift in front of of Nicodemus, Mm. the whole gift of what God is doing. And the question throughout the passage is, will Nicodemus respond with faith to what God is offering? Will Nicodemus learn to trust God because God is holding nothing back? God gave his only son. God poured himself out. God came not to condemn the world, but that we might be saved. God is going to go through death to life to bring us with him. What's fascinating is that Nicodemus reappears in the Gospel of John in chapter 19 after the crucifixion. And he brings he brings a hundred pounds of burial goods, basically, Mm. for Jesus. He brings a hundred pounds of myrrh and aloe, which is an absurd amount of abundant, Mm. way more than you need to bury somebody. Mm. So In a funny way, the Gospel of John, without giving us the inside story of Nicodemus, tells us that Nicodemus responds. He responds to the abundance of God's love with his own abundance of self-giving after the death of Jesus, who we are led to believe he has seen as the Messiah. Oh, so I think, and and maybe Nicodemus coming in under cover of darkness kind of knows what he's going to have to give up. You know, the question of, can anybody be born again? Mm -hmm. Might be this question of, can I give up everything that I am, given what I think this guy's saying to me, which is not, I get to inherit this, or I get to follow the rules to a particular way of being with God. But going in that room that night, maybe Nicodemus is realizing, I might have to lay everything down and be something completely new. Uh, because of what this this teacher is saying to me. So that's our invitation for Lent, my friends. What will you lay down so you can embrace the new life offered to you? 
we always lay it down because we know there is this great abundance laid out for us in life in Christ. So lay it down. What attachments are you laying down this Lent? What are you putting away? What are you praying for release from? That's why we do it, so we can go deeper into this story with Christ. Amen. Amen. This has been Bible Banter with Barb and Jarrett. Thank you for listening. We'll be with you every week during Lent, helping you go deeper in the scripture for the coming Sunday. We have lots of ways to study the Bible at St. Martin's. Please join one of our biblical studies groups or Wednesdays with Hal Tossigs during Lent for a fantastic program on reading the Bible with racial justice lens in mind. See you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Episcopal Church of St. Martin in the Fields in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You are welcome to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock a.m. for a spoken Holy Eucharist, 9.15 a.m. Worship Together, Holy Eucharist for Preschool Families, or 10.30 a.m. Choral Eucharist. During Lent, we offer Compline weekly on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Other weekday services may be found on our website at stmartinec.org. To learn more about our other Lenten offerings, including suggested reading, Bible studies, and Wellspring spiritual formation programs, please visit stmartinec.org forward slash Lent. Our Holy Week and Easter schedule is also available on our website at stmartinec.org forward slash Holy Week Easter. We look forward to seeing you here. Have a blessed Lent!